Uh, during the Ebola outbreak, there was about an 8 to 10% drop in the market. It then quickly recovered. I wanted to give you good news. You can, there are winners out there, right? So if you're looking at, if you want to be prepared and make money in the next pandemic, if that's what you want to do, buy stock in hazmat suit makers and protective clothing or, vi- or companies that make antiviral drugs of that particular pandemic. You'll probably do pretty well. There are actually uh, mutual funds for pandemic preparedness. You can bet on anything. <laughs> Some products do well. 1918, including masks, same thing today. Pandemics really are uh, the times of opportunity, and I like George R.R. Martin's quote of chaos as a ladder. Um, there's an opportunity for people to have political gain, financial gain, and personal gain during times of social upheaval, and that will probably occur. There will be misleading stories on social media, miracle cures that will be touted, conspiracy theories. One thing that uh, is kind of new, you could probably buy and order your own vaccine on the internet for about 200 bucks now. So you can buy your own vaccine and probably vaccinate yourself. Uh, If you have a little bit of knowledge and most likely somebody will come up with a scheme to sell that in a a legal way, not a... What? (laughs) What did I just listen to? I hope... Dr. Natalie Winters, who I'm now awarding an honorary an honorary degree in Ralph Barrick Studies, who's joining us here in the studio, can explain it to me. Welcome to another episode of the National Politics Pulse. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, the fifteenth of June. You're right there. We've got. Hold on, I've got your wrong microphone up. Try that again. Hello. Oh, that's one. that one's better. <laughs> Be really good if I got this right. It's Tuesday, the 15th of June, the year of our Lord, 2021. It's also my father's birthday. Happy birthday. No, my father's birthday. <laughs> well, I assume he's listening. Maybe. <laughs> Not sure about that. Um, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I spoke to him this morning. I, I wished him a happy birthday. I spoke to him this morning. You did? <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so I had a phone call with my dad this morning for, for it, it's his birthday present, is a phone call with me. <laughs> it's an honorary. Did you make him pay the lifetime membership? <laughs> no, no, fee? it's an honorary lifetime oh, okay. membership that he got for this morning. Um, no, but I did send him, I sent him a, uh, a, a, a Fortnum, now I hope he's not listening to this because it, it won't have arrived yet, so I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I sent him a Fortnum and Mason uh, hamper. Are you familiar with this? Very nice hamper. No. It's a very nice hamper. This show is not sponsored by Fortnum and Mason. Uh, in fact, they'd be they'd probably be a gas, probably some left wing company, but they'd probably be a ghast um, at that. However, um, it was a real treat to hear from my father this morning. Not least because things are starting to open in the United Kingdom. I know that Boris Johnson is trying to push back uh, the 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 fr- Freedom Day. I think they're calling it over there now. Freedom Day. Imagine that you have to you have to have a day to commemorate, to celebrate, and 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 mark freedoms being given back to people from the country that gave the world freedom. So we'll get into the um, European Union's vaccine passports uh, later on in this show, but I want to open with what we just heard. So Natalie, um, you know, I haven't been here for a few days. Um, you haven't been here for a few days. It's it's great to see you again. Yeah. I haven't seen you in ages and ages. <laughs> and last time I saw you, actually, you were soaked under an umbrella 
That is true. I Somewhere had to in Charleston. put my shoes in the oven to get the water out of them. I put I put my <laughs> hotel's um, hair dryer inside mm. my boot. That's a good idea. It's not a good idea because, of course, the leather's all dried out and and yeah. My now. my straps on my wedge are kind of melted. <laughs> So we didn't just we didn't just go dancing in the rain in Charleston. We were both in Charleston for a wedding uh, this past weekend. Uh, what a lovely occasion that was! And uh, and then I stopped by Wilmington, North Carolina, on the way back, uh, which was also a lovely occasion. So I'm, I'm nice. starting to get out and about into the country again, and I'm glad <laughs> my father and my family are starting to get out and about back in England again, as well. Natalie, in those in those days, yes. The last like, while you of were days. traveling, well, while while you were traveling, <laughs> while we were sleeping, um, you have come up with a number of very important stories. I think that bear um, bear some serious discussion, but but some people don't think they bear serious discussion. Some people think they bear burying. Uh, and listeners of this show, viewers of this show in the past when it was televised, um, and I can hear the chorus going, "Yeah, yeah, put the cameras in the room." No. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't want them. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a mess. You definitely don't want smell-o-vision in this room. Um, you know, people will be aware of this organization called Lead Stories. Lead Stories is the predominant fact checker uh, for Facebook and TikTok. Well, hang on, I'm trying to build up to something here. Why don't you just? Uh, they censored the story. End of podcast. All right, yeah, that's a, that's the end. Let's. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Natalie just... Well, I, I'm a fact checker now. I just had to uh, let you know. So, okay. <laughs> okay, you can restart. Welcome to the National Files. I spoke to my dad this morning. We went to Charleston in those few... That we, it this rained. Is, it rained. Shoes in the oven. All right. So, Lead Stories has, has often targeted us, targeted our stories, you know, really bizarrely targeted you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bizarre, bizarre way, which we'll get into in a minute. Nasty, but they have not placed kind of a, a contextualization of our story, but they've actually removed the story um, from Facebook altogether. You can't actually access it. You have to go via, ironically, via the Lead Stories website, <laughs> and then Lead Stories links to it, by the way. So, all right, whatever. It's, it's one step removed. Maybe Lead Stories are now purveying misinformation if that's the uh, if that's the charge. So let's let's unpack that. The, the, the clip we just heard in the beginning of the show, what was that? Who was that? What was he saying? And why have Lead Stories taken it down? Sure, I will speak very slowly because there are a lot of <laughs> moving parts in this story. So who you heard speaking in the introduction of the show was an individual named Dr. Ralph Barrick, who works at UNC Chapel Hill. But why? Oh, I was there last Thursday. Yes. Ralph. Ralph. Just FYI. <laughs> snooping around. But why... Our dear friend Ralph is so relevant to COVID-19 is because he has collaborated with bat lady Sher Jung Lee of the Wuhan Institute of Virology for ne for nearly a decade. So is that your word collaboration or is that her word? Well, her words are quote longtime collaborator. So I guess I'm being nice. Uh, shall we? Shall we prove that? It. Shall we prove that? I think so. Let's prove that. So just I would like to thank you. All the collaborators, particularly my long-term collaborator from Lin Fa Wang, Peter Dadak, and Ralph Barrett, and uh, also the staff from my team, from my institute. And so, 
it's hard to hear, but she says her long-term collaborator, Peter Daszak, who this show has made famous, and now Dr. Ralph Barrick. Yeah, so I think, to, to put it simply, much like we've made Peter Daszak famous in exposing not only his ties to the Chinese Communist Party, but how he was instrumental in the cover-up of COVID-19's origins, specifically by spearheading that statement in The Lancet, serving as a World Health Organization investigator, Ralph Barrick is kind of the next person that, that we're going to focus on because he plays a very important role. So in simple terms, he created a humanized uh, mouse model, which basically allowed for these gain-of-function type experiments, which again is a weaponization of either the transmissibility or lethality of certain pathogens uh, within these mice potentially being adapted. So humans could could uh, receive the viruses that they were playing around with, which of course happened to be SARS-like bat coronaviruses, obviously COVID-19 being short for coronavirus. So Ralph Barrick is, is very, very instrumental in the whole kind of ongoing in investigation debate over whether or not Fauci funded uh, and any work at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So Peter Doshak, whose EcoHealth Alliance received millions of taxpayer dollars, which he admits, we had another story in his own words, he admits that they collected these samples from the bat caves, quote, with U.S. taxpayer dollars. Uh, the, the instrumental man for the gain of function aspect of everything going on here is Ralph Barrick, because he's been a, a hardcore advocate of this style of research. Uh, in this article, the one where he talks about potentially profiting off of a pandemic, there's also links there where in 2016, when they were debating that they being the scientific community, whether or not to lift the ban on gain-of-function research, they held a multi-day symposium, and Ralph Barrick spoke several times, uh, and he said that gain-of-function research was critical, and it was very imperative that, that they lift the ban on, on that type of research. So Ralph Barrick is both very pro-gain-of-function research and very much embedded uh, with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So that which I hope I did a good job explaining the ties there, and yep. there'll be more to come uh, over the days. Uh, you, you'll, you'll most definitely see. But why those ties juxtaposed with the clip that we played in the opening are, are so just jarring, I would say, is because you, you see Ralph Barrick, who in 2018, right, a year before COVID-19 was uh, created or before it was as uh, sure and Ralph would say, discovered in a wet market, uh, he talks about... Maybe he's joking, maybe he's not, but he talks about, quote, how to make money from the next pandemic. Uh, and you can see he has a slide. He's scheming. And yeah, scheming, Alan Duke, uh, take that. But <laughs> he, the, the, the title of the slide, which unfortunately, uh, he doesn't say it ever, but but you can see in the picture if you're reading the article, mm. the, the name of the, the title of the slide is Global Catastrophe, colon, Opportunities Exist. Uh, wow, hold on. I Yeah. <laughs> Now, this story is up, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, up on the National Pulse. I want you to all go and check it out and share it and, and go through some of the detail as well that we're talking about here. Say that again. The slide that he's presenting, while he's very publicly scheming on how to make money from pandemics, is entitled what? Global Catastrophe. Opportunities exist. Opportunities on the back of hundreds of thousands of people's dead bodies. And the next slide is entitled Pandemics, colon, Opportunity. So a lot of opportunity. A lot Ralph of opportunity Barrett. for people like Ralph Barrick. A lot of opportunity for people like Xi Jinping. Mm -hmm, which oh. I won't get ahead. Uh, I think I know where we're going to go with this. But pe believe me, Ralph Barrick has profited immensely from this pandemic in terms of research grants. Yeah. But if you watch the clip, obviously you listen to it. But he just explains 
what you should invest in, what you shouldn't invest in, and the slide it shows. I mean, down to the is he is he a money manager? Is he a hedge fund manager? Is he nope? Just so why just is a research? Why type. is a, a a research doctor at UNC Chapel Hill giving financial advice on what to invest in during pandemics? Yeah, down to and, the tenth place. And here's the question. <laughs> Has he invested in those things? And did he invest those in those things at the onset of this pandemic? Because that would strike me as a pretty gnarly uh, conflict of interest. Very, very gnarly. Uh, and uh, ap- apparently Lead Stories doesn't think so. Uh, but yeah, no, no, He, you can see on the slide down to the 10th percentage point, he's describing which stocks and, and which stock markets went up, which went down in regards to Ebola, in regards to the 1918 uh, pandemic. He, he categorizes winners and losers. And, and he goes on to explain also how there can be, quote, political gain, financial gain, uh, and personnel gain. That's what he says uh, mm. with regards to pandemic. So as much as people want to say that we're conspiracy theorists, uh, these people in power do a really bad job of, of making us uh, seem crazy because right. they literally are on record saying, quote, how to make money in the next pandemic a year before a massive pandemic that uh, arguably they at least are linked to the entity that potentially uh, created this virus, either intentionally uh, or by accident. Uh, that that I think is pretty good evidence for a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so lead stories. Let's 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 bring this back to lead sure. stories then. Okay. So Barrick Barrick's a bad dude. We know Barrick's a bad dude. How do we know Barrick's a bad dude? Well, uh, a lot of the stuff that we know of gain of function, a lot of the things we know of what's happened at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, his you know collaboration in the words of Xi Jingli that he is a long term collaborator of it. You don't need to convince me of that. Let me go back to lead stories here in Alan Duke. Alan Duke. Alan Duke. I want people to internalize that name because that is a name of one of the most corrupt people in this country right now. He he absolutely is. He is a fraud. His website is a fraud. And what he does is he goes around defending corporate interest while being paid by the same corporates that do it. Right? Now listen. His story, and it's written by him, which is the interesting thing. Usually he farms this out to one of his little underlings that he brought over from CNN. If you don't remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning into this podcast and you haven't followed our work on lead stories before, go back and familiarize yourself. Throw it into your search engine, you know, thenationalpulse.com, you know, and put in quote marks, lead stories or Alan Duke. Find out all about these guys. These are the bad guys. And you want to know who these people are, and you want to stop them at every every available opportunity. They write. Alan Duke writes it himself. He's supposedly the editor in chief of the site, but he's taking his time out to defend Dr. Ralph Barrick, and that's really interesting to me. He says, "Does a video of twenty eight of a twenty eighteen lecture by an American professor show him scheming on how to make money from a pandemic? No, that's not true. An eighty nine second clip included in an article making the claim is edited to exclude the context of the statements that hit people historically have found ways to profit during pandemics by marketing fake cures, spreading misinformation, and investing in protective gear." The full video confirmed that Dr. Ralph Barrick, a professor of epidemiology at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, was giving an academic presentation on the history and future of pandemics. It was clearly not scheming, (laughs) except the slide itself is titled Opportunities. He's calling them opportunities. He's not... Yes, in that clip you hear him talking about misinformation and and fakeness and falsehoods and all of that. And of course there is that. I mean, I don't think any reasonable human being needs to be told that in any given scenario there is somebody trying to sell you something that is fraudulent, right? You want to buy this uh you want to buy this SD card off me. 
sure. he says, offering her an empty <laughs> SD card packet. And that's the point, right? You don't need Dr. Ralph Barrick to tell you, hey, snake oil salesmen exist, right? But, but apparently you do need Dr. Ralph Barrick to tell you what opportunities there are, right? And he would know a thing or two about opportunities. <laughs> Natalie, one of the recent opportunities that Dr. Ralph Barrick has availed for himself is what? Well, before I get to that, yeah, I just have time. to say because Alan, remember, Alan I have a three, Duke. Remember, I have th- I have a Germany France playing okay. in forty five minutes. So okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan Duke, who of course uh, has I think called you to tell you that he knows where I live and has that is correct. Come and say hi or something along those lines. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, this just, is a fifty five year old ponytailed man, and I think I was nineteen at the time. Yeah, um, but. Just All even those years ago. Yeah, it was so long ago. No. Just e- even taking away, which we'll get into, the ties between Facebook and Ralph Barrick and the really I- intense conflict of interest going on here, his fact check is just awful. Yeah. It, the, the crux of it falls into the, the line, quote, it was clearly not scheming. Right. Like, that's not a fact check. It, it, <laughs> right, like, that's right. just an opinion. Well, Do you know what I mean? It's, it, 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 it is... It is I mean, this is the this is the thing lead stories did last time as well. Mm-hmm. If you remember, they took my editorial decision, which is my decision as an editor of a news site, to say to use the word scheming instead of plotting or planning or presenting or whatever. You know, editors tend to use different words for different stretches in different stresses in different parts of the story because they either flow better, they may have onomatopoeic value, they may have alliterative value, you know, all these other considerations. But he, he, Alan Duke, oh, well, that's not a scheme. You know, that's yeah. that's more of a, uh, uh, you know, a consideration than a scheme. This is something you that is not fact-checkable, Nevertheless, they have the full force of a multi-billion-dollar company, um, Facebook, behind them, and as you say, another multi-billion-dollar company, TikTok, who they recently signed a contract with. Right. So, so Alan Duke and Lead Stories are fact-checking on behalf of Facebook and TikTok. TikTok owned by ByteDance, being a a key operator within the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda framework. Okay, and have admitted to being so. They've 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 stood by this thing that they said that uh, you know we will use our platform to promote socialist values. Right. That's 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 ByteDance Direct in its own quote. words. Direct yeah. quote. So that's that's one part of the conflict of interest. Tell us about the next part of the conflict of sure. interest. So so that was why I struggled with with the headline on this story because there were so many conflicts of interest going on here. <laughs> uh, so Ralph Barrick uh, in in 2020 received a six-figure grant, nearly half a million dollars, from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, which is, of course, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook fame. So this grant was to conduct studies. Again, it's kind of unclear, but relevant to COVID-19, they said they used the money to, to buy some new machine for their lab. Mm. Uh, went over my head. That's what they said they used it for. Who knows what they actually used it for? Well, um, even if you take yeah, them at face value. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Regardless. They, they were funding this man who is very, very, very much in the middle of the storm with regards <clears throat> to the origins of COVID-19, also hardcore advocate of the gain-of-function research. And remember, Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is also the same entity that really bankrolled millions, uh, at least from the Center for Tech and Civic Life. You may remember that was the group that really 
plowed money uh, into these kind of swing counties to ensure voter turnout. The only thing that they didn't say publicly was that it was a specific type of voter turnout that they were keen uh, on bringing about. And that was, of course, for Joe Biden. I think we analyzed some of the grants that they had distributed and of the, I think, largest, you know, 10 or 15, 99.4% went to Joe Biden strongholds. So, you know, this was critical to kind of influencing uh, the makeup and and the outcome of the 2020 election. Uh, And then you also see the same entity uh, donating to someone who really, just because of the mainstream media and their willingness to defer to people like Ralph Barrick and Peter Doshak on the subject of COVID-19, also funding one of the foremost leading voices in regards to the scientific response for COVID-19, which, of course, had dramatic ramifications uh, and implications for the 2020 election. So Facebook gives him this grant. I get a notification last night. Anytime I see anything that lead stories does, it always makes me laugh because Alan Duke is just so absurd. But... They, well, I, I think you're doing him a massive favor by calling him absurd. I think he's actually very, very dangerous at this point. I think he uh, did cut his ponytail. Oh, I mean, that doesn't make him less dangerous. <laughs> that just means he's concealing the fact that he ever had a ponytail. <laughs> but, um, no, so now th- there's kind of a sliding scale of Facebook fact checks that you can get. Sometimes it says mostly true, mostly false, yeah. sort of false. Yeah. Um, and now we've got and not now, scheming. Yeah, now I think, yeah, we added a new category. But this is, they just say blatantly false, can't even click on the story anymore. So you basically see a fact checker who admits that their, quote, main source of revenue is Facebook. Zuckerberg. Fact, yeah, is fact yep. checking and basically censoring entirely a story about someone who has a close financial relationship with the Facebook founder's kind of philanthropic arm and running interference on behalf of that. Not to mention, tip of the iceberg, right, the fact that this company is also taking in a ton of money from TikTok, which is, of course, linked to the Chinese government. So even if you take the Facebook narrative out of it, you see this this lead stories group basically running cover uh, against kind of COVID-19 could have escaped from from a lab and people who were very important and relevant to that whole narrative. So I'm tempted to to um, visualize this in some way, but it would just be a load of different arrows pointing at the <laughs> well, same people over brain. and over again. Right. That is <laughs> that is Natalie, the brain of Natalie Winters also screaming, help me. Yeah. Um, look, so let me get this straight. Okay, so lead stories, right, which is funded by Facebook, I'm writing it down here, and TikTok, right, lead stories intervenes on behalf of UNC and Ralph Barrick. Ralph Barrick is also funded by the profits of Facebook through the Zuckerberg Chan initiative, right? Um, Lead stories also was the one censoring anti-Biden stories, such as the story we did about uh, Black Lives Matter and where the money was going and how it was going to um, Act Blue. Um, they censored that one. What about what, TikTok, ByteDance? That's the Chinese Communist Party. We know that. Um, so here you have Ralph Barrett come in because through Xi Jinping, he's tied to the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, this is this is one of the single most extraordinary and what's really extraordinary about all of this is it's so eminently verifiable mm-hmm. like if anybody in the media wanted to do their actual job if brandy zadrozny wanted to do <laughs> an actual job of work uh, in journalism for a day we could hand her this and she would be able to go away and and corroborate each one of these details independently right 
these still exist out there. The videos still exist. We've archived everything just in case they try to get try to take all of these things down. This is one of the largest scale conflicts of interests I think this country has probably ever seen, considering the fact that it deals with one of the com- companies that is the, one of the largest companies in the world, let alone in the United States, especially as regards data and information flow. That is Facebook. TikTok also being one of those companies in the world. Um, and Zuckerberg Chan, of course, as you say, was at the same time through CTCL, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, funding private elections practices across the country that were geared directly towards aiding Joe Biden. But that's not all. That's not all. That's not where the whole uh, narrative arc of this thing ends because, of course, lead stories is interfering and intervening in the audit stories that are going up every single day. So again, they are using their undue influence to try... Basically, what they're doing is very smart by, by Zuckerberg. He's got this one arm, this propaganda arm, this memory hole arm called lead stories. And what lead stories is there to do is not tell the truth or, or, or check the facts. Lead stories is there to make sure that Zuckerberg gets every penny's worth out of his investments in other things. Think about it. His investments can be diluted by outside actors who who report the truth about his activities. But if lead stories is interfering there and making an in, running interference every single time a story goes up, then the public doesn't get to understand that Zuckerberg is involved in the in the first instance. You know, they wouldn't have any cause to go and look at Dr. Ralph Barrick and then realize that Barrick got a got a grant from from Zuckerberg himself. This is this is an extraordinary. I just can't stress this to the audience enough. How extraordinary this story is. And Natalie, just to go back to your story that was that has now been, been censored on this. Is it nowhere did you claim those eighty six seconds were the whole speech? Yeah, he says I deceptively edited the video. I mean, so I guess by Alan Duke standards, now anytime we share videos on the National Pulse, even if it's a two hour speech, right. I have to just upload the whole thing and say, well, you got to go to minute. Time no, no, no. They have to watch the whole thing. <laughs> what Alan Duke is saying is that anytime yeah. any media network now doesn't run the entirety of comments from anyone, then that's doctoring and that's editing. And we linked to the whole video we, as the well, whole video which is, is why it's completely <laughs> available for people to watch. We link to it. You can go to it. It's had a ton of views yeah. since we put it up. Well, and I'd also just add to quick on this, this whole fact checking yeah. thing, which I think COVID-19, the origins of where this virus came from is kind of the final nail in the coffin against how these fact checkers are always wrong uh right remember they censored people who said that COVID-19 could have possibly originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology whether it was users promoting those or the stories themselves but remember this also dovetails I think very nicely with a story that we put up probably about a month ago uh and it's that Facebook is also helping to basically fund uh, a Chinese Communist Party-run journalism school. Uh, they partner one of their fact-checking entities that they partner with. So this is kind of uh, in in company with Lead Stories is a group called the International Center for Journalists. And despite that very vague name, uh, the the international work that they do focuses on, of course, the Chinese Communist Party. They 
are one of the main sponsors, along with Bloomberg News, uh, of the Sinjua Global Business Journalism School. And from this program, which not only does it admit in the dean's letter about the school that it is, quote, a Marxist journalism school, it is obviously run at Sinjua University, which has carried out cyber attacks against the U.S. government and is under complete control of the Chinese Communist Party. But a lot of the people that this, this journalism school creates, they go on to work for outlets like China Daily, like Xinhua, like CGTN, all of these state-run media outlets that really are at the tip of the spear when it comes to propaganda, whether it's about Uyghurs, COVID-19, China and the U.S., you know, the trade war, whatever you want to say. So in the same kind of funding spree that Facebook is giving a lot of money to lead stories, to censor our stories uh, about COVID-19, about about uh, Chinese Communist Party-linked researchers, they're also quite literally funding the apparatus of Chinese state-run media outlets in the school that is the foremost training ground uh, for really the top propagandists within the Chinese Communist Party. So this whole fact-checker orbit uh, is, is just... It's not fact checking. It's it's disinformation. I guess it, it you know accuse the other it's side of, of what you're guilty of. Yeah. So they're going to accuse us of spreading disinformation when that's what they're they're doing. But there's just so many layers of compromise. Whether you want to think about from the Chinese Communist Party angle or even just a personal Mark Zuckerberg Facebook, they sent money to this guy, so they're going to cover for him. So yeah, I I I very heavily dispute uh, this claim that our story is. Well, I don't think I don't think you even need to dispute it. I think the facts stand for themselves, and that's what we do, right? We we yeah. write stories with that are fully linked, fully cited, fully sourced, um, and then somebody like Alan Duke, Alan Duke, Alan Duke can come along and um, and whip it off the internet because because he thinks it's inconvenient to the people who are paying him money, right? It's them. So the whole thing around this is qui bono, right? Who benefits? In this scenario, is it the ordinary reader who benefits from not being able to access a particular story on Facebook about Dr. Ralph Barrick? No, the ordinary consumer does not benefit from that. Um, they are they are big enough, they are ugly enough. Ordinary people can can make up their own minds about things, especially when we link to everything. The only person who benefits in this scenario is Mark Zuckerberg, um, Ralph Barrick. Ralph Barrick and the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, those are the people who benefit. Let me let me let me just uh, off the top of my head, I'll say this. I don't think those are the good guys, and I don't think the world thinks of those people as the good guys. So what we have here is an almost an international villainy that's taking place right now, right? This is like a this is like a superhero movie. We're actually we now we're now several years into the movie, and the bad guys are still winning. The bad guys are still in charge, and you know we've got our bat lady, we've got our bat woman. Where is our Batman? Right? Who is coming to save the day from these people? And this is one of the things that frustrates me a lot about these characters in, in the U.S. Congress who go, oh, yeah, you know, fire Fauci, fire Fauci, we're going to do this fire Fauci bill, et cetera, et cetera. But none of them have ever reached out to us. None of them ever said, hey, can, can we look at the National Pulse's research? Hey, can we get a presentation? Can we get a dossier? Can we get some links? Can we get some articles? Just send us over what you've got. And so always what we get is just something that's made for television, right? A press conference or an interview or something like that. We don't actually get any firm steps. Where are the investigations? Where are the people being called before committees? If you don't have the committees, you're not in charge of the committees, then set up a citizens committee, set up a people's committee, set up a thing on Capitol Hill where you are hearing evidence all day long about what exactly is taking place because right now i am convinced that everything whether it's on our side or the other side a lot of it is now just for show natalie 
Yeah, I, th- I think I said this in one of my first appearances on, on War Room, but I said there's a new axis of evil, and it is big tech and big media, and then you have the global elite, which I think is epitomized by Mark Zuckerberg, and then you have the Chinese Communist Party, and I think that this story is a perfect example of how they work in tandem, and as you say, when they purvey their propaganda, uh, their disinformation, the people who suffer are your average, everyday Americans, whether it's because our response to COVID-19 is impaired, because we don't actually know where this virus came from, or, or if it's SARS or not. Dr. Redfield, the former CDC director, was speaking with Fox today, and not only did he basically single out Fauci saying he was, quote, disappointed uh, in people in the scientific community who weren't open to looking in uh, to the lab leak theory. Uh, But he also doubled down on the claims that he made on CNN a few months back where he says, no, this virus very clearly, uh, someone who has, you know, high level security clearances came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So I think all, all these people kind of marched in lockstep uh, whether, whether for, for instance, whether Fauci genuinely thinks that this virus came uh, from, from nature, from a wet market, or if Fauci was just scrolling through Facebook one day and he saw that stories about, you know, the, the virus escaping uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology were marked as false and that either implicitly or, or very clearly molded his view of where this virus came from. There is a very, very massive concerted effort to influence everyone uh, on these social media platforms really to think in line with the Chinese Communist Party. And as you say, it is a very, very, very weird hill to die on, I think, for the hill to die on for for lead stories to be the Chinese Communist Party uh, and and people like Joe Biden, uh, who, of course, those are the only people that that they fact check stories about. They never fact check stories uh, when average everyday Americans are smeared by mainstream media outlets when CNN goes to random people's house and accuses people of being Russian agents. I haven't seen any fact checks about that. No, all they do is defend and run cover for the Chinese Communist Party and the narratives that they have paid millions to pump into the Western mainstream media outlets and on behalf of people like Mark Zuckerberg. Nobody nobody ever went to, none of, you know, NBC and, and all these guys, nobody from CNN ever went to the... Um, the house of the couple who, you know, was raided in Alaska when they were, you know, falsely raided by the FBI under false pretenses and all of that. Where are the fact checks around that? Where was the speaking truth to power then? You know, I'm reminded, Natalie, of a October 29th, 2020 article entitled She Beckoned, They Came. U.S. tech CEOs fawned over Chinese communist premier, quote, did you feel the room shake? And and that was your article uh, that looked at a 2015 New York Times piece revealing how CEOs from America's largest tech companies, social media companies, including Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, Apple's Tim Cook, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, fawned over the Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping uh, back in September of 2015. So maybe it all goes back to that meeting, you know, maybe it all goes back to that moment where Zuckerberg realizes, hey, you know, this is, this is the, um, the wagon I want to hitch myself to for the, for the foreseeable future. And all of this, whether it's CTCL, the Zuckerberg Chan Foundation, uh, Ralph Barrick, uh, lead stories, TikTok, maybe it's all, all cut, maybe it all stems from there. Well, and I'll also introduce another entity with a similarly confusing name, but this is the Cyberspace Administration of China, uh, which people may remember from a few months back. This is a Chinese Communist Party controlled uh, government organization. And this 
uh, entity controls what's called the Wu Mao Army. Uh, so there were, I believe, leaked documents. I believe it was ProPublica a few months back, and they showed that this administration, this body, was not only deploying hundreds of thousands of people online, but they were really trying to, to target anyone who's anyone in the West with these narratives that COVID-19 escaped from a wet market. And primarily, they also wanted to attack uh, President Trump's handling of coronavirus. But do you know what's so interesting about that? That, again, very clearly a Chinese Communist Party disinformation propaganda group. While in 2016, Mark Zuckerberg actually spoke uh, at a conference that they organized called the World Internet Conference. And since then, several Facebook executives have have returned and spoken at that conference. Also people, I believe, from other social media and and big tech companies uh, like Microsoft, uh, maybe even Google as well. So basically, you see people who accuse us of spreading disinformation quite literally attending conferences with the premier Chinese Communist Party body that is spreading disinformation. And it really makes you wonder, maybe they're they're, uh, taking cues from the Chinese Communist Party on how to silence the truth, because it seems like they are quite literally marching in lockstep with the Chinese Communist Party when it comes to what stories they're deciding to censor and what stories they're deciding to, to allow and promote. Look, I don't expect Xi Jinping to be um, friendly to the United States. I don't expect the Chinese Communist Party to be friendly to the United States. Those are, you know, the, the United States, the Western world stands or is supposed to stand, you know, in complete opposition to communist values and the China and, and, and authoritarianism in the in the vein of the Chinese Communist Party. What I do expect is somebody who made their billions in the United States of America as a result of U.S. freedoms, as a result of U.S. technology, U.S. initiatives, uh, U.S. staff, all of it. I expect them to adhere to very basic tenets of treating people in this country, your customers, Mr. Zuckerberg, as non-stupid people and not to... Let me be very clear about something. So the, the, the title of this story is Facebook's CCP-linked fact-checker is now censoring stories critical, critical of Zuckerberg-funded Wuhan lab partners. It's so, it seems so convoluted, but it's this ecosystem that Zuckerberg has built around him. And I, and, and I am going to name this episode this, All Roads Lead to Zuckerberg. Because if and when anybody on the political right wants to get serious about things, the first person you absolutely have to f- fully investigate, and I believe should end up being charged down the line, is Mark Zuckerberg. This person is complicit in selling the United States out to the Chinese Communist Party. He's complicit with, with defrauding the American public out of real information, as it exists on his platform, using a fake fact checker who by the way we haven't even got into the background of lead stories right who are lead story staff yeah in in brief uh uh, any donation that has come per the fec database from a lead stories employee has gone to a democratic candidate this is all the way from their kind of rank and file journalist types to the the founders of the company uh even an american perry sanders yeah so in 
so we put up a story because they censored our story about how Act Blue was funneling right. money to to Black Lives Matter. So we put up a story to say, "Hey, Facebook's so-called independent fact checker is uh, not independent. They're hardcore Democrats. They donate to these very intense anti-Trump super PACs. They have like 130 years of collective experience uh, working over at CNN. So it's basically people who couldn't make it at CNN if they don't want to go and work at CGTN, which we've exposed the revolving door between those two outlets." Right. They go and work at Lead Stories. So we put that story up. Then Alan Duke and Lead Stories fact checks our article where we expose their bias. And they, they basically put an article and they're like, we're not we're not biased. And they, they Oh, their article was one of our one of our founders or the chairman, Perry mm-hmm. Sanders, once gave to a non Democrat candidate. <laughs> it wasn't that he gave to a Republican, by the way. There was it was no, a no, race. They said he was Republican. They said but he was a Republican. Found out we he found wasn't. out it wasn't, obviously. You know, <laughs> he, the, was the liars. he was a never Trumper. And it was a non partisan race. It was a non partisan <laughs> race. It was a non party affiliation race, which I don't think I'd even heard of until that point in time. Um it was some local mayoral race where he basically signed a check to one of his buddies and they used that as a means to fact check us by saying they're all democrats no let me be very clear every single party donation that has ever come out of lead stories is to the democratic party of america from the five dollars that some of his staff given to the five hundred dollars that some of the bigwigs have given and more and it's not even a US-based company. Mm-hmm. Let's be very clear about this. They rely on this other company called Trendalyzer, which is based in, now you're really getting into the weeds, ladies and gentlemen, which is based, I think, in Belgium. Martin Shank. Not even yeah. a real country. <laughs> right? The, the, so you've got, you've got a Belgian, you know, sourced company, Lead Stories, which is working for an ostensibly American company to you know, fact check an American reporter, that's you, right, Um, over an issue based between the Chinese Communist Party and Dr. Ralph Barrick. I think that's called foreign collusion. I think it is (laughs) called foreign collusion. I think it really is called foreign collusion. I would go so far as to call it treason, Natalie. I think that there is a lot more to do. Listen, there would be nothing that would please me more then dialing Alan Duke's phone number that I have in front of me right now and dialing him into the show. But unfortunately, California, where he is, has two-party consent laws. And so I am not allowed to do that, which is something we need to really get gone because we yeah. really need to start you know, getting, getting to these people and putting them on air. Um, anything more, Natalie, on this? Just remember, Mark Zuckerberg uh, probably hates Americans like myself, conservatives like probably you, the listener, but... Listen to what he had to say about meeting Xi Jinping. It was, quote, an honor, and it was a meaning pers- a meaningful personal milestone. I don't think he would say the same about meeting, meeting me. <laughs> meeting <laughs> us, meet, meeting anyone who, who supports President Trump and the MAGA agenda. So just remember that when you're being lectured by Mark Zuckerberg and his funded cronies about how deplorable you well, are. Well, you know what? You know what? I have to be honest. It would not be a personal milestone for me to meet him either. So yeah. <laughs> um, just very quickly before we, before we go and I start reeling off the names of the, uh, the latest supporters on the site, because ladies and gentlemen, we do need your help to continue doing this reporting. But can I ask you about this uh, Hunter Biden uh, yes. story Natalie this this Chinese uh, nuclear plant leak is is not getting as much attention as it, as it should be getting in the in the national news no surprises there uh, nobody apart from you uh, 
I think Zero Hedge has picked mm-hmm. it up on the back of our Thank reporting. You. Yeah. But nobody apart from you has picked up on this pretty integral part of why Joe Biden is not treating this story seriously. Yeah, it's no surprise that Joe Biden thinks the situation is not at a, quote, crisis level. Uh, and of course, the situation that I'm referring to uh, was a French co-operator of a Chinese power plant uh, reportedly reached out to, to the White House to say that they were experiencing a leak because the Chinese safety authority that controls acceptable limits for radiation detection at this plant was was artificially kind of inflating uh, the, the level to which they could, I guess, enrich uranium. I think I'm, I'm correct in my analysis. Uh, but <laughs> but sure. that all that aside... Well, if you're not, Alan Duke will be on you. Oh, wait, that's only when you are correct. Yeah, I won't say yeah. scheming. Uh, no, all that aside, the, the bigger story here... Uh, is that this plant is run by China General Nuclear Power Corporation, which, if you've ever been on the Hunter Biden-led BHR Partners uh, Investment Fund website, you will see that that is a company that has enjoyed millions of dollars in investment from BHR Partners, which is, of course, the 2013 joint venture between Hunter Biden, uh, John Kerry's stepson, and a couple other well-connected D.C. princelings, and the Chinese government, which was created about two weeks after Joe Biden had visited China. Uh, but this this firm, BHR Partners, actually invested uh, in the initial public offering. They were a cornerstone investor worth $10 million of CGN. Uh, years later, people who worked at this company, CGN, were indicted by, of course, the Trump Department of Justice for stealing uh, national security risking nuclear secrets from the U.S., trying to get American researchers to go and boost the Chinese Communist Party's nuclear uh sector. Uh, But nonetheless, Hunter Biden, who again, by all reports, still maintains a 10% stake in this company, uh, quite quite literally funded to the tune of millions of dollars, uh, the Chinese Communist Party state-owned nuclear firm that controls a a nuclear power plant that is leaking uh, and posing a, quote, imminent radiological threat, according to one of the kind of French subsidiaries who also helps out in terms of control of the plant. Uh, and meanwhile, you've kind of heard nothing from the Biden regime on it. And I, I don't think that there's much surprise why, considering that Hunter Biden is heavily invested. I mean, this is one of those stories that it's, it's just, ins- you, you can't fathom it. Although, I mean, I guess I can, but it, it is so, I think, what, what better example? Obviously, we've said how Hunter Biden and the Biden family have profited immensely from the decline of America, right? It's it's elite capture. It's selling out America. Uh, but I think that this takes that metaphor <laughs> to, to, to a new level when you quite literally see a Chinese state-run energy firm, which I don't know why American cash is being sent to anyways, uh, is controlling a nuclear power plant that is posing a, quote, imminent radiological threat uh, to not just the United States, but the entire world. So I guess I, I hope it was worth whatever money you made from that investment, Hunter Biden, because if this turns out to be a, a massive leak, uh, I don't think CG, CGN stock will do too well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to wrap it up real quick by just mentioning this story that I have up on the site at the moment as well. A piece of analysis, really, for me about the 
um, vaccine passports, which have just uh, just been introduced and are finalising their introduction in the European Union at the moment. They expect to have all countries in the European Union adhering to this uh, vaccine passport. It's a digital passport, contains a QR code, there's also a paper version. Um, they expect this to be done by the 1st of July. That is just a couple of weeks away from when we're recording this podcast. It's called the EU Digital COVID Certificate. And I just wanted to, you know, the reason I felt so passionate about this is, number one, I started looking for news about this, and I just couldn't really find it anywhere, which I thought was a pretty big deal. I mean, this is a pretty big block of people, 500 million or so people, that are now being told, hey, in order to travel um, within the countries that you signed up to the European Union, and a lot of these countries in the European Union signed up for freedom of movement, right? Schengen area, freedom of movement. Of course, the Brits didn't want it. That's why we left in 2016. But a lot of these people do want it. And now they're being told, hey, in order to avail yourself of that quote-unquote freedom that they have championed for so long, you're going to have to have one of these vaccine passports. I think it's a, it's, it's a human rights abuse, quite frankly. But I want to give a special shout-out to uh, an old moron uh, in, in the United Kingdom who writes for the Times newspaper. His name is Hugo Rifkind. He's actually the son of a very corrupt politician called Malcolm Rifkind. Um, and and I believe the cousin of, of, of uh, Leon Britton, a former politician accused of being a pedophile. Nevertheless, uh, Hugo Rifkind had written, quote, vaccine passports are only for fantasy land and written this entire article about how this was a conspiracy theory. That was in November of last year. Uh, I tweeted this this morning and he got very upset that I tweeted about his article. He said, no, I was only talking about domestic travel, travel inside the country. Right, yeah, you were definitely talking about vaccine passports, passports, passport, pass a port, to pass through a port. You were definitely talking about vaccine passports inside your own country. You utter, utter moron. Hugo Rifkin, just a special shout out for you there. Um, Alan Duke, by the way, uh, I, I am always amused by the fact that lead stories, uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of their webpage and go to their about section, you can actually contact them for yourselves. Uh, Alan Duke's email address, his phone number, their mailing address is all on the website. I'm not going to read it out. I'm not going to dox him, but it's available. It's freely available. They make it available. Um, Perry Sanders Law Firm is their registered agent out in Colorado. Uh, Alan Duke is mailing addresses over at Studio City in California. Say hello to Alan Duke for me. Say hello to Alan Duke for us. Um, and, of course, uh, Martin. What's his name, Martin? Martin Shank. Martin Shank. I is believe that's how you pronounce it. Over there in Brussels. His phone number is on the website as well. So, you know, it's time to take the fight, metaphorically speaking, of course, to these, to these morons, these losers, these liars, these falsehoods, these frauds. And um, yeah, I hope you will. Uh, you'll. I hope that you will join us. I mean, we are. I think just at the beginning of uh, of so much of this, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank all of you who help this reporting happen. Also, Natalie, thank you for being here today and walking us through all of that information. Thank you for having me. Um, right, you're off on your travels again. Yes. No, that's it. You don't get to talk more. <laughs> okay. I want to say thank you to Carol, Rusty, Aubrey, Angel, Richard. Um, Glenda, Nancy, Wade, Andy, Michael, Santina, Eric, Lindsay, South, Monica, Ang, Jackie, Christine, Jerry, Patty, and so many more people who have signed up to support the National Pulse. Stuart, Richard, Michael, Misty, Andy, Philip, Lesser, Mark, Pat, Rita, Cheryl, Julie, Susie, Chad, Amy, Sue, Joseph, John, Ronald, Pam, and so many more, you can head on over, it's real simple, to fundrealnews.com. Fundrealnews.com. Now look, I don't expect you to be handing us 
$500,000 grants like Mark Zuckerberg does for Ralph Barrick. Uh, all the hundreds of thousands of dollars he pays Alan Duke to maintain that gorgeous ponytail, which I'm sure he has mounted in a frame somewhere in his home, the weirdo. Um, but from $5, $10, $20, $500, we're really grateful for our super backers who give us 2500 bucks. If you can help us in any way, please head on over to fundrealnews.com. We'll be back with another podcast in a couple of days. Stick around and stay tuned for that. All the stories are up on the site, thenationalpulse.com. Make sure you're following Natalie at Natalie G. Winters. I'm at Raheem Kassam, and we'll see you again soon.